0: It's the show that makes us talk. So what did the janitor scream when he jumped out of the closet? I don't know. Supplies! (laughs) What about our life?
1: With Chris and Will.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the best neighbor any of us has ever had, Fred Rogers. For giving generation upon generation of children confidence in themselves. For being their friend. For telling them again and again and again
3: that they are special and that they have worth. It is my honor on behalf of everyone here and on behalf of the millions of children whose mornings you have brightened with your kindness to present you with this lifetime achievement award.
2: It's a beautiful night in this neighborhood. So many people have helped me to come to this night. Some of you are here. Some are far away. Some are even in heaven. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being. Would you just take, along with me, 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are, those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life. 10 seconds of silence. I'll watch the time. whomever you've been thinking about, how pleased they must be to know the difference you feel they've made. You know, they're the kind of people television does well to offer our world. Special thanks to my family and friends and to my co-workers in public broadcasting, family communications, and this academy for encouraging me Allowing me all these years to be your neighbor.
0: That was the lifetime achievement acceptance speech from Fred Rogers, best known for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood.
1: Wow, I remember that back in the day. Yep.
0: Back in 1997 was when the award was presented to him at the Emmys. Mm-hmm. So it's a touching moment.
1: Of course, especially that 10 seconds.
0: Yes. And, you know, the Emmys have a lot of special moments with the speeches. And then you get the um, anxiety built up when you're looking for your favorite actor or actors or show wanting to win. And then they don't win. And you're kind of disappointed. And it goes mm-hmm. along with that. Of so, course. Um,
1: and um, as I remember, uh, people have Emmy parties. You know, they do a little ballot before the actual night happens, and then afterward, you go with whoever attended the party, or if you're having just a night in with your friends, and then you check to see, okay, who actually said such and such was going to win, you know? Yeah,
0: it's crazy. It's crazy. Welcome to another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. Tonight, it's the 40th Annual News and Documentary Emmy Award. So tonight's episode is a special edition episode. And we have a special guest with us today.
1: Yes, I am really, really excited about this. Because he's the president of the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. And that's Adam Sharp.
0: Yeah, he's going to be with us in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But first, we're going to talk about some... Emmy moments. I guess, you know, some Emmy moments for us. One, recently, as we joined the Emmy Academy. yes, We are official members, so we're very <laughs> excited about that. Uh Two, we actually used to work the primetime Emmys years back. Years, remember that? Year,
1: I do. And I still have the program.
0: We do. We still have the program. Yes. We still have the, the passes or whatever we needed mm-hmm. to, to go with it. The fondest memory I always have is... Um, I had to bring the celebrities to their seats during commercial breaks. During uh, before they got there, when they leave, because you know some of the talent they actually don't show up before the uh, show. They actually show up during commercial breaks. Some of them will show up when they know that their their category that they're about to uh, win or lose or whatever they're nominated for. Mm-hmm. They show up right before that category, but they can't go out until commercial break. So when the commercial goes on, then we have to get them to their seats and get them in place. <laughs> and they have what they called seat fillers right? that they have. So whenever the celebrities are on stage or they're not there or they leave, they bring in just a normal mojo to go and <laughs> sit in that seat to fill that seat. So the camera doesn't see empty seats. Correct. Yes. So, I mean, I've met a lot of talent um, doing that oh, and yes. it was just funny, especially uh, Deborah Messing. Yes. She tore her dress and uh, we had to help her uh, get that, fixed during the commercial break uh plus um gosh I was uh, going to
1: say Paula Abdul
0: Yes I escorted Paula Abdul not going to tell you where but mm-hmm. I did escort her she's such a sweetheart and then so many different other others that I met in uh, Gina Davis and right. uh, of course so that would be one of my favorite Emmy moments You
1: also meet Harrison Ford and Calista Flockhart
0: I did I did I brought them to their area it was quite uh an interesting, uh, duo there. Uh, also Warren Beatty. That's
1: right. It was
0: infamous Warren Beatty with, um, uh, uh, Kim Basinger. I think it is. Yes. No, no, no. I Gina Davis. No, I did. I did bring Gina Davis to her seat, but, uh, I want to say it was Kim Basinger. I'm not sure. Uh, but Kevin Bacon, I, I got mm-hmm. to meet Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Um, so many, so yes. many. It was, it was a, it was a wonderful night. It was really a joyful night. I also got to hold one of the statues. I got to get its magic. It's a really heavy little thing. And you
1: know, what's really, really a memory for me, because when you were working and you were wearing your tux, because remember you had to wear that, uh, that black
0: outfit. I do. And I do like looking like a penguin though.
1: But I have a picture of him in front of the stage, you know, before, you know, they were filming and all that stuff. And that just means a lot to me. It just, it's a moment for me.
0: Well, don't get used to it. Cause I don't like wearing penguin outfits. Really good, by the way. I don't like wearing penguin outfits, but that was a special moment. We did that once. We also did the creative Emmy awards too.
1: That's probably what I'm
0: thinking of. Yeah, we did both of them. It mm-hmm. was actually quite, uh, it was an interesting night. It was a very interesting evening. At that, but uh, the statue itself is magnificent. Do you know what it represents?
1: No, enlighten me.
0: It's actually based off a winged woman holding an atom. Wow, That's what it represents. It hmm. was designed by uh, Louis McManus, Mat- if I'm saying the last name correctly. It
1: sounds correct, yeah,
0: yeah. It stands at 5.5 inches tall, it's six pounds. Twelve point five ounces. It's made from copper, nickel, silver, and gold, and the base is seven point five inches. Whoa! Interesting fact yeah. about it.
1: Yeah. Wow! I just, I'm sorry, I'm speechless right now. But it's because you know all this time. I mean, because I remember in high school for uh, for drama class, and as I was uh, saying earlier about the Emmy parties and stuff like that. So now that you've said, you know, what it represents and what it's made out of, that's just brings it all together, I guess.
0: It is. It's actually a uh, big event that's very well planned, very well put together. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're very excited to uh, be a part of that one, at least some part this year as we're doing some Emmy moments. So let's talk about some more Emmy moments. What do you remember best about watching Emmys?
1: Watching Emmys is that if you did see the movie that year that is being nominated, you took it as what you saw it as, and then... You mean
0: TV movies?
1: Yes, TV movies. Yes. Um, And then also, you know, however, whoever won, how they saw it as.
0: Yeah. You know, because it's... And you're, of course... Depending on because they have the primetime Emmy Awards and then you have the daytime. So right. your soaps and your your talk shows and all that other fun stuff is usually for your daytime. And your nighttime is your late night shows, your television sitcoms, your TV movie series or your TV series right. on mm-hmm. there as well. So that gives it kind of the um, adrenaline. And it's a disappointment sometimes that some of them don't even get nominated that should. Or uh, the ones that do get nominated don't actually win, or the ones that do win, it's a surprise, and they're like, "Wow, Mm -hmm. it's that adrenaline! It's really that adrenaline." So, um, here's
1: probably a memory that you would remember. We used to live right near the National Academy. We
0: did. We actually in North Hollywood. There is actually an apartment complex that is, I don't want to say connected, but the only thing that separates the apartment complex. From the Emmys building, which is the Academy building, is a sidewalk. Yes. That is the only thing. And outside the building, uh, the Academy building, they actually have the a tall statue of the Emmy Award. Plus, they have statues of some of the most famous actors and performers yes. in television history. Mm-hmm. And it's very quiet because it's kind of away from the street. So you don't hear all of that uh, street traffic. Correct. Yep, and it's really, really nice. And you can
1: walk down some steps too. It's like in a circular type of uh,
0: yeah. It area. was really, really nice. And believe it or not, the apartment, a courtyard so courtyard. So to speak. That's right. And believe it or not, the apartment complex was called Academy Village. Village. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep. that's what was funny about it. But yes, that was that was an inspiring moment. Is to be next to that building and spend some nice time to sit outside mm-hmm. and and just feel the California breeze. And it yes. was it was. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. But tonight, it's a different type of Emmys. It's the News and Documentary Emmy Award Show. It's the 40th Annual Award Show. Wow. Yep. They're going to celebrate all the the infamous documentaries and news broadcasts for 2018. Okay. Yes. They announced the uh, nominee list on July 25th, so not too long ago. Uh, Yes, I do. Um,
1: I saw that. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. And again, it's for uh, 2018. The ceremony is tonight yes, at seven, 7, thir- 7, 30 7 p.m. 7.30 Eastern p.m. Yes. It's going to be in New York City at the Lincoln Center. That's correct. Yes. Um, tonight, they're going to be honoring the Lifetime Achievement Award is Andrea Mitchell. She is from NBC News. She is a news correspondent from Chief Foreign Affairs and the host of MSNBC's andrea mitchell report mm. but uh some of our favorites are actually nominated of course everybody loves anderson cooper yes that is a hot man oh. in gray hair let me tell you
1: and you know what he st- still looks very young
0: to me and he's intelligent he's yes. a very smart man mm-hmm. he really is i enjoy watching his shows do you re-
1: real quickly do you remember when he was a uh, guest of starring on Regis and Kelly, uh I, co-hosting with Kelly for I uh, do. Episode or I two. do. Him I and, actually I I really enjoyed that.
0: Him and Kelly are actually getting nominated. They actually got nominated for a news special that him and her did together. I don't oh. remember what, but they, they got nominated for that. But he's up for quite a few awards. Um mm-hmm. Rachel Maddow.
1: Okay, yeah. She's up
0: for quite a few. Good. Um, I'll go through the list of some of the ones that I kind of picked out as far as the networks are concerned. Um, PBS has like 42, 47 nominations. I saw they had
1: a lot of nominations on there,
0: yes. CBS has 33. HBO, surprisingly enough, has 32. Wow. Uh, CNN has 15. ABC has 13, New York Times came in with 12, okay. Univision 10, NBC 9, Netflix out of all, 6, um, and the next two, YouTube has one, and Hulu has one. So wow. you're getting in the streaming networks as well as far as programming. So that's exciting to hear. Yeah. That's very exciting to, uh, to see as well. So um, we're kind of thrilled with it. Yeah. So you'll want to check out the Emmy Awards tonight at seven o'clock Eastern. Seven or seven thirty. Seven thirty. I think they're prepping at seven. Yeah, that's right. Seven or seven thirty. Mm-hmm.
3: You can go to uh,
0: uh the emmys.tv. The emmys.tv. Yes. I always mess it up, but you can do that tonight. You can watch it and get all you'd be anxiety and the adrenaline for all the news and documentaries. And uh, later on in the program, we've got an announcement about a documentary that we're doing. Yes. So you'll, you'll want to tune in uh, after we talk to Adam. But our special guest today is Adam Sharp. He is the president of the Academy. And you know what? He also was part of the Twitter organization. He was the head of the News, Government, and Elections from the Twitter organization is what he's done.
1: Can you imagine what he had to go through for that?
0: (laughs) All those tweets. He's had leadership roles in NBC, C-SPAN, and he was also a spokesperson for Senator Mary Landrieu of Louisiana, Mm. believe it or not. So, uh, yeah. So we have this special interview for you today. So get ready because our Emmy coverage is Continuing with Adam Sharp, coming up.
1: With us today, we are so, so honored. He's the president of the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, Adam Sharp. Hi, Adam. How are you?
4: Good. Thank you for having
1: me. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome.
3: Well, thank you for being on the show. It's kind of a treat for us. We're very honored to have you a part of our program and an interesting um Career you have there from Twitter to now being in charge of the most recognized award ceremony in the entertainment industry. So what an amazing career you have.
4: Well, thank you. It's, it's uh, certainly been an adventure.
3: Oh, I imagine it has. I definitely do. So tell me a little bit about the academy. We, we did a little bit of research and, um, you guys have a lot of award ceremonies that you do. So tell me a little bit about those.
4: Yeah, so our academy is one of the three academies that administer the Emmy Awards for excellence in television. And so we have a sister academy in Los Angeles that produces the primetime Emmy Awards, then an international academy that does the international Emmy Awards, and then the national academy produces the Emmys for news and documentary programming, that's tonight, sports programming, daytime programming, technology and engineering, and then for local and regional programming through our 19 chapters around the country.
3: Very nice. And uh, we actually signed up to be a member in your Suncoast chapter, actually. We filled out the application and got all that wonderful stuff. So we'll be joining your team very soon.
4: Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Welcome. We're proud to have you as members. We're uh, oh, sure. in a community of 18,000 television professionals from around the country.
3: Wow, we are so excited about it. We were we were <laughs> thrilled with it and I was like, Oh, okay, we should do this, we should do this. So mm-hmm. we, we totally did. So we're very excited to see what's to come. So tell me a little bit about what 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 can we expect with tonight's program uh, with news and documentary.
4: So across all genres of programming, the Emmy Award represents true excellence in television production. Tonight's awards are specifically for excellence in truth. It's reporting, journalism, documentary, all those fields that use this medium of television and the video form to tell compelling stories about our world, past and, and present. Right. So we we kick things off at around uh, seven seven thirty. Uh, we'll have a short pre-show. Ceremony starts at, at 7.30. You can watch the whole thing live at the TV or via our Twitter page at the Emmys. And over the course of the night, you'll see us honor different news reports from the year, different documentaries. We have a lifetime achievement honor to Andrea Mitchell, the chief foreign Correspondent for NBC News, who's closing in on 50 years in in television journalism. We will honor our annual scholarship winner, the Mike Wallace Memorial Scholarship, ten thousand dollars to a high school senior aspiring to a career in television. Um, that will be presented by CBS and Mike Wallace's son, Chris Wallace from from Fox News. who uh, will be remembered for the various. Uh, luminaries we lost in the past year, including Cokie Roberts uh, and Van yes. yeah. Oker, who passed last week. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a busy night, but recognizing some of the most important programming out there.
3: Most definitely. Now, here's a specific question for you. Uh, going through a lot of your nominations and, and so forth on that list, do you think, um, how do you want to say it? Do you, Do you think that the media has done a really good job fighting out the new terms that has been put out uh, in society or by this administration by fake news? Do you think they've overcome that obstacle?
4: I don't think we've necessarily overcome the obstacle, and I'm not sure we ever will 100%. Certainly technology has changed. Certainly the terminology has changed. But misinformation and disinformation have been tactics in communication and diplomacy and and politics uh, for (laughs) as long as humans have been able to speak. Um, Certainly technology has given the opportunity to operationalize uh, disinformation and misinformation at a greater scale and at a lower cost than uh, before. So it's certainly become a unique challenge and a bigger challenge in in recent years and because of that it's been more effective and i think that uh the biggest threat to the quality of information is not necessarily the technological threat or the adversaries making use of it but mm-hmm. the extent to which that is successful in undermining Our faith in institutions, whether those are the institutions of the media, of of government, because when we go from distrusting the things that sound wrong to Uh distrusting everything, now... You almost don't even need a disinformation or misinformation campaign because people aren't even buying the important and, and real information. And that's why uh, events like ours tonight that really shine a spotlight on the best in journalism, the best in telling a story that is fact-checked and backed up and is an informative, um and has filtered out that noise to to make sure we are rewarding and recognizing uh those efforts to rise above the clatter that's out there uh is so important
1: basically going for the realness you know saying putting out there say hey this is what's actually going on and these uh journalists or whoever is doing the news or the documentary you know they're putting out there what really is and we appreciate you for doing those back checkings on all of that, because that's what makes it really authentic.
4: And and you know, the Emmy is a very powerful uh, symbol of that excellence, and it's a spotlight we can shine on uh, the, the truth and those who report it. One of those technological changes that I referenced, of course, being social media, where a lot of these Misinformation and disinformation campaigns are buoyed by the fact that people are clicking like, thumbs up, right. retweet, right. Uh, and, and so on. And so those individual endorsements, those, those people saying this is good content, are what's lifting that, that up. And hopefully continuing to use our very big, our very shiny, our very coveted like button of, of the Emmy Award – uh, puts some of that upvote and spotlight on this content uh, to to make sure that it stands out.
1: Right, exactly. Now, talking about technology, um, did you ever think that streaming or internet would be on the nominee list?
4: Well, I think over the the years, technology has changed in every industry, but particularly uh in in media when the when the emmy awards began television was black and white uh and over that time we've gone to to color the introduction of cable the introduction of hd yeah. 3d vr ar programming um and while our academy began at a time when every academy was sort of platform oriented you had the television uh academies giving awards for the programming that appeared on that box in the corner of your living room you had the motion picture academy that was focused on those videos you saw on a giant screen you had the record academy the recording academy giving grammy awards for what came on a record and all of these were in the names of the organization focused on a particular device on a particular platform um If we looked at media trends today, we should all merge and form the Academy of iPhone Arts and Sciences. Mm -hmm. The reason we don't is because even though I can go up to someone on the subway in the morning and they're looking at their iPhone, they could be watching a movie, they could be watching a TV show, they could be listening to music, but the most important thing is they know the difference. If I ask them, are you watching a movie or a TV show or are you listening to music – Each and every time, they will know the difference, which tells us that that experience, that story they are trying to consume, is defined by something other than the device on which they are viewing it. Wow. And so that means that this form, whether it's being delivered through a big-screen TV, small-screen TV, phone, watch, headset, whatever, um, is still viable, is still strong. And that's why I think uh, you're you're seeing so much growth of, of great content becoming available.
3: I mean, now you can almost shoot a documentary to film just by using your iPhone, um, which is so crazy. Yeah, because they can film
1: in 4K now.
4: Yeah. I mean, you look at uh, some of the uh, – New models shipping this this week from from Apple, and Google's rolling out theirs next month, you know, with triple lenses. Uh, Apple demoed at their, their keynote uh, the ability to record in HD on all three lenses at once and wow. switch it in-app. So oh. someone could actually go and do essentially a three-camera shoot from a single device, uh, with lensing that is higher quality than many documentaries were shot on just 10 years uh, ago and turn out a 60-frame-per-second 4K piece. Wow. I mean, that yeah. is a real democratization of the technology. Um, and when you look at the history of, of media, and that's not just television, same could be said of, of print, film, music, Uh uh-huh. you know, the the limitations – were always ones of access to production. You needed the equipment to produce television, uh, studios and and all that, which was enormously uh, uh, expensive. Access to distribution, you needed that transmitter or later with cable, you needed to have access on on the ground. And then bandwidth, that for, for a long time, television meant three networks programming, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that, once multiplied out, told you the maximum number of hours of television that could be produced in this country and be seen. Right. Um, now, all three of those barriers have really fallen. Um, you have the access to production where someone can, within an iPhone uh, or Google Pixel or Samsung phone, can... Right there, do productions with effects and graphics and multi-camera and editing and so on that go beyond what was available to even the multi-million dollar production companies right. just a few years ago. For distribution, you, when you're done with that, you can click upload and post it to YouTube, to Vimeo, to Twitter, to, to Facebook, and gain global distribution uh, without getting out of your, your chair or expending a, a single penny. And then yeah. third, you're now in a universe where there is no limitation on the number of channels or the number of hours, uh, in, in a day. Um, and so now all that content can become available and find its way to, to the audience that's, that's interested in it. And I think that's also, Uh, encourage a greater diversity of voices being represented and stories being told because you're no longer limited to, okay, well, we only have three hours of of prime time, so we need to program that with sort of the the most generic program that can reach the broadest audience. Rather, now we can say, okay, here's a story from a particularly unique creator or for a particularly unique audience and we can make that connection because we're not necessarily taking away from someone else to tell that story. Yes.
3: Right. And, you know, it kind of goes into this question I was going to ask uh, later on. But um, do you think, obviously, I think we have, but do you think we've grown as a business as far as displaying more of uh, cultural issues and LGBTQ issues, like, greater than what we have in the past?
4: i I think absolutely and and certainly um uh, when you look at the the history of of television uh, television is probably a step ahead of the movies in recognizing and, and celebrating and normalizing for the for mainstream population lgbtq relationships uh you know that started as early as the the seventies and early eighties on most uh t v shows then of course key moments like Ellen's Kiss in, in the, the 90s and, and so right. on and so forth. Um, and so TV, even before streaming, uh, had made the initial strides there. But I think in the recent years, now that lack of limitation, the ability to bring in more voices and produce more niche programming has done wonders for amplifying that that conversation. You saw that in the daytime Emmy Awards, for example, where show like After Forever uh, earned a number of accolades uh, last year uh, at at the daytime Emmys, or uh, another daytime drama, Anacostia, uh, uh-huh. which is a primarily African American focused uh, series set in uh, the Anacostia neighborhood of Washington D.C. Um, these are shows. These are stories. They're from creators who 10 years ago 20 years ago probably would not have had the opportunity to bring that story to a mainstream audience uh through a traditional network even on on cable right where uh i think that those natural limitations got in 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 the way um so i think the the fact that these voices can be heard that they can find a community that can be amplified and then get to a mass audience without ne- necessarily having to blur the lines and and uh, make their story more mainstream uh, really contributes well to that diversity and that cultural understanding right
3: And does the academy uh, do more outside of just the award ceremonies to educate the public on how important it is for us to continue? Um more truthful news on uh, cultural issues and documentaries, and so forth, do you guys have programs or anything that you do to help educate the public
4: so uh we we do this in in several forms, both at the national level and at the at the regional level uh, certainly the core focus of the academy is on the the Emmy awards on right. creating uh this mark of excellence, setting the bar for for what is best, and constantly trying to move that bar up. So that the industry as a whole is pursuing that and, and always working to be better. Second, right. we have our scholarship programs and our National Student Television Production Awards programs that engage high school age students, uh, in, in the process and encourage them that, you know, to, to, to be successful, uh, and meaningful in this space you know it you don't just have to be the the master of instagram and listicles um right. that there there is reward to be had in telling these these more difficult and and important stories and then through our regional chapters there's a number of professional development opportunities uh and and so on uh to to make local journalists better more more capable more uh, familiar with the tools uh, at at hand, and to really share wisdom from the, the experience of their peers across our eighteen thousand members. Nice, very very nice.
3: Now, let's go back into the ceremony a little bit. How how do you guys create the actual ceremony? What is the planning for the ceremony?
4: Um, <laughs> in many ways, <laughs> it's like planning a wedding. Uh, right, <laughs> is always a a challenge because, of course. um Unlike most theatrical events or shows, um, you know, close to a quarter of that room is going to be asked to get out of their seats and come on stage at some point during the night. Right. Um, and so it, it takes a lot of logistical work to figure out the the seating to to make sure the nominees are, are there, that you know where the nominees are, so that if they they win, you get the camera on them, you can get someone to them to uh, help them to the stage. Um, there's a lot of focus on developing things like the, the graphics and the music and the and the video that, that has to play uh, right. because for us in many ways, we are producing five different shows at once. And it's like a choose your own adventure because every time an envelope goes out on stage, the show can go in five different directions and we have no idea which one it is until that envelope is opened. And we find out who the winner is the same time you do, uh, at home, which means five graphics, uh, saying who won have to be ready. Five video clips need to be ready. Uh, the announcer has to be ready with five different scripts, uh, to, to say over the speakers. The social media editor has to be ready with five different tweets. And wow. five different Facebook posts uh, oh, wow. to to go out, um, and all these things happening in in one moment um, because the winner's identity is kept kept a secret, um, and so that adds to the the complexity, but it also adds to the excitement. And I think right. that because we have a very strong team that has done this many many times, uh, we we often make it look a lot easier than it probably is.
3: <laughs> I can imagine. Well, the uh, anxiety of it sure shows, especially when you're watching it, and you have two hopefuls that you're looking at, and then you know you have the others. You're like, oh, I want them, but then you want those two to win, and it's just that dramatic effect, and you're waiting for that moment to say, okay, we'll be right back to tell you when the winner is. You know? <laughs> um,
4: so the anxiety well, is there's, there's also, Yeah, and there, there's also an aspect where I think – to even get to this level, to even get to that pool of nominees, you know, the the cliche has become it's an honor to be nominated, but it really is an honor to be nominated. Right. That in the universe of of programming that was produced and submitted over the course of a year by this growing uh, community of, of creators, it's not just three networks worth anymore. This year's competition in every one of the programs we administer, we had record number of entries. More people entering for the daytime menus than ever before. More people entering news and doc than ever before. More people entering sports than ever before. And then that a jury of peers, not just from the community at large, but from your particular craft. So if you are an editor, a jury of other editors who have watched, every single entry from start to finish came and chose you as one of the five best of the year. Um that is a, a tremendous honor and it is uh sometimes disappointing to look at that that list and realize we're sending four of these five people home uh empty handed because right. in almost every case Every one of those four is as worthy uh as the one who's up on stage cheering
3: absolutely, yeah, what do you think the most important factor would be for a uh production or content to be nominated? What is the most important factor for that?
4: um well certainly it it differs a little bit category by category, especially when you get down into what we call the technical crafts, where right. a lot of the categories will be very specific, you know, in daytime things like hair and makeup or music editing or, uh, or things like that where a craftsperson is looking at one very specific element of what's on the screen. They're looking at what's happening just in that little corner, uh, those few pixels of, of what's on the screen to, to make the decision. For a lot of the broader categories like Best documentary, outstanding, breaking news coverage, things like like that. That's where where I lean back on this concept of of story, because here I'm not picking out individual technical elements. I'm leaning back and I'm seeing the whole thing as as a work. And I think, um, and I before moving into this role had judged in a number of categories, and you know, for me it was always. What makes me just lose myself in in the story to sit right. here and be be drawn in and want to follow along so that when it's over, I'm actually disappointed um you know the the ones that were always most difficult for me were those where an entry was was only required to submit a portion of it? you know there's some categories where if if your show is several hours long, you only have to give, let's say, 15 minutes, the hungrier I was at the end of the 15 minutes uh, to, to keep going was usually the best indicator of the score I gave at the end of the ballot. And so uh, in those categories, telling a good story, a compelling story, connecting me to the the individuals and events you're trying to portray is most important. And very often, that means a cell phone camera in the right place at the right time uh and doesn't necessarily have the extensive bells and whistles that might get more attention in other categories.
3: Hmm. Wow. That's very
1: interesting. In you know, talking about specific categories or even what you had mentioned, that one that's just captivating, do you think that the Academy uh would ever venture into a podcast category?
4: <laughs> well I, uh there there certainly is a growing community of video podcasts or those who uh uh live stream or post to youtube or vimeo uh the video of recording the the podcast yeah um and that type of programming is eligible today um and has been entered and uh and nominated in the past. Um, I think at the end of the day, even though the definition of television has changed over the years uh and grown broader, yeah, you know, it still has the word vision in there. Uh so yeah. I think uh actually having the visual aspect will always be a core element uh of of our requirements. But hey, throw a camera up in your studio and we'll talk. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, we're way ahead of you, bud. We were already sitting there talking and said, "Okay, uh, we need to figure out how to do uh, red carpet interviews, and so we kind of found it." But um, so, tell me a little bit about that. You have any advice on red carpet
4: interviews? <laughs> Water. Salt what? Um, uh, <laughs> depends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what should you equi- a uh, uh, equipped with? Uh, every time we, we do the wet red carpet and, and I walk in and I'll do the interviews, uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll start getting grumpy toward the end of it. And then I realize all the reporters <laughs> have to stand out there once I'm done. Um, it, it, it is a difficult task. I know that, uh, right. sometimes we those watch at home and, uh, and it looks like, like glitz and, and, and glamour. But what people usually don't realize when they see uh these reporters on the red carpet for Emmys Oscars whatever is that most of the time uh they had to get there several hours in advance uh had sit out baking in the sun, usually a long walk from yeah. uh any left rooms where they need to go through security and everything all over again to uh uh to get back. Um, and then they have to, in a span of an hour or so, do several dozen interviews uh recognizing everybody, asking smart questions of everybody, being prepared for everybody, and not trying to repeat themselves you know that that is a lot harder than it than it than it looks oh, um uh, and <laughs> so uh my my hat goes off to to everyone who works that side of the the line.
3: Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So really quick
4: one, I heard that
3: um you were a great supporter on when uh, the White House had actually put the rainbow colors on the White House during the Pulse tragedy. Uh tell me your thoughts about that when that when you first saw that.
4: Uh well, I I I was just blown away by that. Certainly uh the the Obama administration uh, uh at that time, I, I was working for Twitter uh, as head of news, government, and, and elections, and so we did um, a lot of work with, with the White House on, on social media, and I think they had a particular recognition of the importance of symbolism and imagery, uh, particularly in this day and age where you know it's not simply producing an event for the network cameras, uh, but rather uh, trying to create a, a symbol that um, everyday Americans connect to and want to amplify um, and, and share. Um, you know, you, you, you need to create those those viral moments if you're trying right. to make that impact on Twitter or Facebook. And uh, recognizing that the White House is such, Uh, a landmark and makes such a statement when used as a canvas and pairing that with the creativity of, um, using the lights in that way. Um, you know, I, I know I tweeted, uh, applause for it, (laughs) uh, at, at the time. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I would say even today that that is probably one of the, uh, uh, most impressive uh uh examples of using that that platform uh to create an iconic um uh social media uh uh moment and and certainly they did it also uh when the uh Supreme Court ruled on marriage equality um right. uh as well
3: yes and I totally agree with that we are extremely happy and fortunate for that is Willie and I will be getting married in December actually.
4: Yes. So
3: we are very yes,
4: congratulations. pleased. Well thank, thank you. you.
3: Yes, so we are very happy for that. For that now, did
4: I see that you're down in Louisiana? Uh
3: at the moment that w- we are, um we go back and forth from Florida to California to Louisiana. I have family here in Louisiana, so we go back and forth, but uh yeah, at the moment we're in Louisiana. <laughs>
4: Oh, fantastic. Well, I mean, that was definitely, uh, uh, a state where the, the state legislature was a, a particular, uh, uh, block to action on, on the issue. Um, I did a lot of work down there, uh, earlier in my career and in fact was down in, uh, uh, New Orleans just a week ago for the online news association conference. Very Didn't nice. get back up to Baton Rouge, but, uh, uh, hope to, uh, get there again sometime soon.
3: Yes well, I did read that you were you worked with um mary Landrieu, Senator Landrieu. I definitely remember her
4: yeah i uh i was Senator Landrieu's deputy chief of staff uh uh I was with her from two thousand four till two thousand nine um so that of course covered uh uh the period immediately after Hurricanes Katrina rita um uh and the levy breaks that followed. Um, and then her reelection campaign in, in 2008.
3: Very nice. Very nice. Well, Adam, again, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it and we really thank appreciate you for having time. Me. Yes. yes. And I, I guarantee you, you're going to see us on that red carpet interviewing you. Uh-huh. Again. <laughs> I promise you, we will. It, it might Walking only be one. To it. Yeah,
4: Bring sunscreen and one of those little pocket fans, and I'll recognize you.
3: yeah i will oh you'll you'll see us we'll 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 try to dress like elton john and uh so that way we can get all the attention i don't think we'll dress like elton john but you know we'll we'll make sure we (laughs) we We stand stand out out, some way or another (laughs) Uh but um we are definitely looking forward to the awards tonight and again thank you so much for being on the show and good luck tonight and good luck with all the future awards shows that you guys coming on and uh We will most definitely
0: be in touch with you in the future.
4: Yes, sounds great. Thank you for having me.
0: Wow, what an exciting day.
4: Yes, indeed. We
0: have been so honored to be a part of the 40th annual News and Documentary Emmy Awards. Yes. And we want to thank Adam for joining us and giving us that great insight. Plus, we are so excited to be a part of the Academy. We can't wait to see what that future is going to hold. (laughs) Plus, here's the announcement our documentary, Chris and Will, the Real Prince Charmings. Yes. Will officially air on Amazon and YouTube on November 20th, 20th. That's right. November 20th. So all the details will of course be on Christopher so you might want to check it out, but we want to thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful episode and we got another episode coming up this week. So another great episode, another great topic, another great guest coming up this week. You be sure to follow us on Instagram at Will and spread the word. But for now, guys, thank you so much. Good luck to all the nominees tonight and be sure to watch the Emmys. Thank you, Emmys, for inviting us to do this wonderful program and Adam for joining our show. But for now, guys, we love you. We love you. We love you. Always love yourself. The world will love you in return. But for now, bye. Bye.